Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released Fridays, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook and Instagram at Retro Rebel Podcast for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Amanda, and today I'm joined by special repeat guest host, Holly. Welcome back, Holly. Hey, good to be back. I'm so excited about today's topic because it's something I know very, very little about, and I understand that you are a big survival horror game fan. Oh, yeah. I love it. Perfect. Well, today we've actually curated our own list, but before we get into those, let's just talk about what we've been playing. So uh, I know, Holly, you just returned from something very exciting. Oh, yeah. I come back from the last event in the year for Empire Lot by Profound Decisions. It is a huge, highly detailed open world. You go there, you camp, everything's built up. There's like huge village. All in character areas are incredibly done, beautifully detailed. You really do go there and just forget about the entire outside world. There are 10 nations to choose from, each with their own like cultures and different specific styles. So I think there's something for everyone there. If you want to be all really posh or you just want to be down and dirty in the mud, you want to be like a Viking or you want to be like a Tudor Lord. They've got so many options. It's so detailed. There's so many classes that you can play or multi-class. Like my character, mine's like a priest class. So I play some of like the priestly political game, which is through the Synod, which goes and develops the culture of the Empire. And so through the Synod, you can actually affect the entire game which I have mm-hmm. done recently, and I'm so proud of myself for my yeah. character. For my I, I haven't played LARP in such a long time, but when I, when I was in college, it was such a big part of my like social experience. I mean, we played every week, and I was, I was quite into it. Um, but it's been such a long time, but you make it sound so fun. <laughs> I might have to give it a go one of these days, especially now that I have a car and I can get myself places. Yes, come come up the trunks with us it's fantastic i love it do you know i love camping as well like i don't mind it at all (laughs) as long as they have restroom facilities not a huge fan of digging a hole that's the only thing i don't love (laughs) oh yeah it's fully kitted out restrooms showers everything you'd need loads of food on site like honestly brilliant I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, I have boringly still just been playing Six Nymph. It's that German sequential card game. Um, I play it on tactics. I play it on professional. I think it's the best way to go. Uh, It makes it a much more challenging experience. And I've now leveled up to being a strong player, as nerdy as that sounds. I just, I play it for hours every week. I just find it very cathartic. (laughs) So it's it's not the most uh, exciting game in the world, but I I absolutely love it. 
So today, because we do have a lot to get through, we've curated our own lists, um, and we have the best survival horror games of all time, according to me and Holly. Holly has eight, uh, and I have five um, picks for this list. So we'll just dance back and forth. We'll start off Holly's list a bit bigger, so we'll start with Holly. Um, and Holly, have you put these in any particular order? No, I don't think it's fair. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> it would be a bit hard, I think. All right, so in no particular order, if you're going to start out in survival horror games, any of these would be great um, representations of the genre. So Holly, the first one on your list is Resident Evil franchise, and you've highlighted a number of titles because, in your opinion, Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil franchise is an excellent representation of survival horror. So you have uh, the 1996 one, Resident Evil 2 in 98, Resident Evil 4 in 2005, Resident Evil 7, the VR edition, which I want to talk about because I've never heard or played that one, um, in, two, in 2017, uh, the remake, which got very good reviews in 2015, the remake of Resident Evil 2, which happened just a couple years ago in 2019, and remake number four, which we're expecting to land next year. Um, so run me through Resident Evil franchise and why you think it's such an important part of the genre. Well, Shinji Mikabe, he basically created survival horror. Without Resident Evil, we wouldn't have all the other games on this list, basically. He originated it. He is the godfather of it. All the concepts of the core survival horror things, far too many enemies that you could ever think to defeat, never enough ammo, never enough healing items. These all come from like his core concepts within the original Resident Evil game and as though the original Resident Evil game it was very clunky even in its day it was very clunky you had some a bit odd um voice acting like careful you nearly became a Jill sandwich just <laughs> so odd and like the characters were all very like very very rigid all the hands were like that and the controls were an absolute nuisance right tank controls static backgrounds because they were really working with the limitations of what the playstation could do at its time and because of that it kind of created a very new type of game and of course that was built upon and improved on for resident evil 2 where the storyline became far more in depth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think fan favorite, Leon. Like, Leon Kennedy, the Backstreet Boys looking <laughs> absolute all-star. I mean, originally, it's his first day on the job. He's just going to be there to be a policeman. And then he's been flung into a zombie apocalypse and you've got so much intrigue and then links back to you know, like the original game with Wesker as well. There is just so much in there. It's so much fun. But really where I think, again, Shinji Mikabe helped bring uh, survival horror into a whole new dimension is with Resident Evil 4. Again, we've got my favorite, Leon Kennedy, and now he's back. Uh, but he's working for the president, and he's got to find the president's daughter. And he's I gone do. into the, yeah, she do. And he's gone into the middle of rural Spain. He's in the middle of nowhere, and there's this weird ass village. 
and there's this crazy castle, which then goes on to its awesome, crazy island. Each area has got its own unique kind of bad guys, but everything's been developed like so different. 3D rendered, like over the shoulder, rather than it being like fixed camera angles, dynamic camera angles over the shoulder. You've now got like your over the shoulder reload and a laser sight, which is really useful. There's a lot of depth in the game as well. And probably one of my favorite kind of NPCs ever with the trader guy with, what are you buying? What are you selling? Tom says that all the time in yes. real life. Yeah, because it's brilliant. Even people who haven't played the game know those sayings because it's such like a unique, iconic character. Like you see that little blue flame and you see the trader guy and you just like, I can take a breath. Oh, okay. It's kind of like similar to the save rooms in the older games. Yeah. But before to save your game, you had to have an ink ribbon, which were difficult to find and very, very sparse. So it brought another dimension of I have to keep going. I can't just stop playing the game because I don't have an ink room. I, I don't have an ink room. How am I supposed to save? But at least now with Resident Evil 4, they get rid of all that and you can save it when you need it. You've got your awesome trader guy. The story is just absolutely camp and a bit bizarre. And I love games that are like survival horror, a bit camp, a bit weird with a protagonist like Leon. He's so, this is my favorite version of Leon because he's just so kind of a bit aloof and he's got these cheesy one-liners. And then all of a sudden as well, he is like a absolute badass. I remember squealing for joy when I accidentally went and suplexed a guy down a, a, a flight of stairs from like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, Leon, that was incredible. Do it again. Like, <laughs> it's so clever. Resident Evil 4 is so popular. It is like on 11 different platforms. It yeah. has been ported and moved to different platforms more than even Skyrim. And that, that's saying something, you know. After all these years, it is so much fun, and it really brought action straight into the mix again. Instead of, like, ammo being really sparse, suddenly it's everywhere, and you're encouraged to try and just shoot the heck out of them, and they'll keep coming. And instead of it being, like, the T-virus or the G-virus, because originally, like, the evil corporation umbrella had like doing these awful zombie experiments with the T virus and the G virus. But this time there's less plagas. So it's like the plague they're calling it, where these yeah. like weird like um plagas, which are just parasites and these like brain control parasites that are all being controlled by this crazy cult. And it's this crazy cult whose end game was to go in steal and kidnap the president of the United States to go and get her with the the brain controlling parasite so then that right. way they'll be able to control America because like there's a very anti-American you think you can run the world and tell us all how to be kind of I thing mean, classic yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely classic yeah. um okay uh as for now, the VR, honestly, the, yeah, VR. the VR, that's what I'm so interested in because I don't know anything about that experience. I don't have any VR headsets. 
Well, I, I play it via the VR from the PlayStation 4 VR. It's so good. And the first thing that shook me, because I'm a very tiny, I'm, t- I'm a tiny person, and all of a sudden it made me tall. I am seeing down on bookcases. I have never looked down on a bookcase in my life. I have looked up on a bookcase. So immediately, that's really weird. Just having it in the first person as well kind of gains something, but also loses something, I feel. But it was really, really, really freaky having to go and creep around in this crazy family's house and try and poke around the place uh, and when the the weird monsters there oh my goodness it is really properly in your face it is terrifying like i have gone through every resident evil game but that one the amount of times i'm like nope 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 <sighs> and just had to stop because it was just like my heart was beating a million miles an hour so the, the vr is like an excellent excellent extra level to it and is it playstation vr that's on or multiple vrs oh i'm not sure but i think it's on oculus as well okay have you played it on playstation vr is that the one on playstation and and we all know the remakes are very very popular you know it's just better enhanced versions of what everybody loves so it's exciting that um resident evil 4 is going to get a remake next year so that that'll be good i'm sure everybody's looking forward to that um well the first one on my list once again no particular order is left for dead from 2008 for the xbox 360 um you know this was a survival horror game but it was a multiplayer and that was not really something that you got to experience it was online multiplayer you know there was really great lobbies games were quick there were lots of different game modes you know but at the end you're trying not to get killed by zombies or maybe you were doing the killing. I think there was a game mode where you could be the zombie. It was great. Uh, but you're trying to survive. Um, and so that, in my book, makes it survival horror, even though it is a multiplayer. And I just had the best time, you know? It was all the characters felt fleshed out. All the zombies were iconic. You know, the the witch particularly would just be quite a chilling experience when you ran into one. Um, and the smokers and stuff were pretty awful. Um, and you know, I just remember having hours and hours of fun playing with my friends, like online, you know, on the couch, so on and so forth. Um, and it's just really stuck with me now. I haven't played the new one that's come out. So that's why it isn't on the list. I'm sure it's great. And when I play it, I will probably put it on the list. Uh, but I've downloaded it. I haven't tried it yet. (laughs) So that's why I don't have left for dead two on the list at the moment. So um, the next one on your list is a really old Dreamcast game from 1999 stroke for the PlayStation, the original. It's Dino Crisis. Is this what I think it is? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I just think Resident Evil, but with dinosaurs. With dinosaurs. Nailed it. All right, great. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, it is pretty excellent. I'm really looking forward to the new release of the remake that they're doing of it mm. because if the remake for you know the resident evil so far they have been absolutely wonderful and take the concept and really made it full color and 
I think that's something that Dino Crisis needs. It's a fantastic game. And Shinji Mikabe, who again was responsible for it, said he wanted it to be more like panic horror. Right, which is, that checks out. I would be very panicked if the dinosaur was chasing me at any point in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's so terrifying to have like a T-Rex coming after you. Absolutely terrifying. Nevertheless, all like the smaller ones inside the facility that our like protagonist, Regina, is in. And again, like the Resident Evil games, Regina's some like top, highly trained special agent. Of and course. even she's struggling. Yeah, yeah. so if, if even she's struggling, we would we'd be in so much trouble. So it's a lot of fun, but it, it does have sometimes a lot of people think a bit too much emphasis on puzzles. And by the end of the game, I remember thinking, just just get it done with. Like, <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> please not more puzzles. So I'm really thinking that the Dino Crisis remake is going to fix that because it fixed and amplified and really helped so many of the stuff with the Resident Evil thing. So the trailers look absolutely incredible for it. So really, this is kind of a placeholder for Dino Crisis remake. remake. (laughs) Excellent. Um, and I'm assuming the remake is coming out on PlayStation as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, PS5. Oh, wow. For everybody who's lucky enough to have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one on my list is a, a current gen, I guess. Uh, it's Dying Light. Now, I haven't played the second one yet, so this is why the original Dying Light is on this game. It's a 20, uh, 2015 game for the Xbox One. I mean, zombie parkour, like what is not to love? The, I never thought I would like this game. I mean, I am, as a grown adult, a bit scared of the dark. Like, <laughs> I think everyone is a little bit. Um, and in this game, scary zombies come out in the dark and they try to get you. And you're just frantically trying to parkour around the city. Now, I really tried to play the game in the daytime pretty much all the time, uh, unless they forced me to go out at night. Um, I'm interested to see in Dying Light 2 sort of where they take that, if you can get away with spending so much time in the day, which which I did. Um, the only downside was that there was somebody on Xbox Network that was duping hacking, and they made this uh, this weapon that I think it was a melee weapon. Anyway, it was so bloody strong that like nothing was a challenge anymore. And that's sort of, I, sh- I shouldn't have picked it up, but I was like, Oh, this will be so great. And then, and then it wasn't, it sort of ruined the game a little bit, but I really did up until that point, enjoy the sort of 360 degree emphasis on um, the vertical axis, which most games usually don't have an emphasis on the vertical axis. So you're really looking for ways to get up and above things. Um, the only other game that I really felt did it that well was Sunset Overdrive, which d- gets no love, even though it was very fun. Um, but yeah, I thought this is a great survival horror game. Um, one of the scariest I've actually played through um, because the next one on my list, I didn't play very much. I'm so sorry, but we'll go to you. Yours. Um, so your third one on your list is a PS1 game, also from 1999. You've got a love for the old games. It's Silent Hill. I'm not surprised. Um, go on, tell us, 
Why should we go back to 
that stuff to come over to Xbox, which is what I have. However, you did trigger a reminder of a game that I've now had to add to this list because I actually didn't realize it was survival horror until you mentioned um, about the mundane becoming like twisted and grotesque. And there's another game, which I now added to this list that very much does that. And I think they must have gotten some influences from Silent Hill. Unfortunately, a game I haven't played, but obviously everyone knows everything about it because it's iconic. Um, so the next one on my list, which I mentioned I have not played, I'm so sorry, uh, is Alien Isolation for the Xbox One. Came out in 2014. I mean, I probably only made this 15 minutes. Do you know what I mean? It scared the absolute pants off of me. I was terrified for the entirety of the amount of time that I did play it. I'm scared of aliens as it is. I've mentioned before that when I was a kid and watched the movie, I had to think about Jesus to fall asleep. <laughs> like I just got terrible nightmares for weeks on end. Um, and the xenomorph really is one of the quintessential like bad guy monsters. There's nothing redeeming about them. They're terrible all the time. And I kind of like that in my monsters because I have to feel bad for them like you know when the queen gets all her eggs blowed up or whatever fucker do you know what i mean <laughs> so um i really think alien isolation was excellent now guest host tom who is on here a lot is obsessed with this game this is one of the best survival horror games ever 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 and i know it was on your list as well and you've probably gotten further than i have so oh, yeah. what what was your experience because i made it just very very there was like oh collect some parts so that we can make a thing and i made like a radar thing and that made it even scarier i was like no this is awful <laughs> um yeah i mean it's so good it really uh, I think, like I've said before, it did like evoke kind of like Dead Space kind of vibes originally to me as well. And being there and knowing can like you as a person know, oh my goodness, somehow an alien must have got out. But you know, your character doesn't know that. She's just come upon this like abandoned which is, space station that's supposed to be like really highly populated. And it's abandoned and it's messed up and you're <laughs> and scrapping around. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really scary. And they call it alien isolation for a reason. Because even if you do sometimes like partner with various survivors, you know, it's, it's not necessarily long lasting. And when it comes down to it, she, she is alone. She's isolated there. Uh, I love the way it is a female protagonist. We don't seem to get enough of that, that it's just kind of, rather than focused on them as like being a female it's just them which mm. is so good about this game as well and it's just a really enjoyable really scary terrifying game the atmosphere is brilliant the sound cues are fantastic yeah it is I mean, I still have it on my hard drive. One of these days, I'm hoping to work up the courage to play it again, but it scared the pants off of me. So I haven't, I haven't given another play since then. Um, so the next one on your list is iconic for the poster in and of itself. Uh, number four on your list, The Evil Within for the PS4 2014 release. I mean, beautiful artwork on the game cover. Always caught my eye, despite not having a PlayStation. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very very creepy as well. Yeah, and again, um, Shinji Mikabe, uh, instead of working on Resident Evil, he moved on to work on The Evil Within. So you've got the same kind of survival horror elements in there, and you're kind of aloof, kind of detached protagonist. And this time again, you're a policeman, 
and he's gone to this like insane asylum because there's been some horrible murder there. And the more you start looking into this asylum and you realize things aren't quite right, and it's like something just goes, and you're suddenly hearing like this lovely tune of Debussy's like Claire de Lune, and it kind of beckons you towards this area, which kind of seems like a really nice, safe space where you could just take out, chill for a moment, save your game. And this guy's obviously losing his mind, and reality is warping. And as he gets flung further and further into this like asylum island, and everything's out to get you, everyone's out to get you. The enemies are very clever, really difficult to beat really really difficult sometimes you need to be very specific with what you're doing and when otherwise it's just not gonna happen the amount of times i got my head chopped off by a great big dude with a chainsaw over and over and over because i was missing one little bit of what i was supposed to do to defeat him because i was in such a panic mode as as makes sense as makes sense (laughs) yeah it's really really clever and the sense of unreality that you get as well and the fact that like this isn't your usual kind of protagonist who is just detached but still sane this guy is not sane there is something definitely calling to him something that's not quite right and I can't really say much more because I don't want to give too many spoilers away or anything but it's a really enjoyable game really clever um you've got a lot more action orientation in there so I mean you know me I love my stealth games and there's a big stealth element in this so for me it was right up my tree being able to just try and go and hide and sneak past the load of the enemies rather than just going, hey, like you're that, yeah. hey. It's nice to have that option, I think. Yeah, because, again, there's never enough healing items, yeah. never enough ammo, far too I feel many. like stealth as well can give you some sort of sense of control because <laughs> you can choose when you might interact with them. Sometimes that helps you be a little less terrified. In real life, that is probably what you would try to do as much as possible is just not get anybody's attention, you know, which yeah. I, I really like that. Um, okay. Listen, that's a great pick, Evil Within. Um, the next one on my list is, as you mentioned, Dead Space, like a great evocation of many of the other survival horror games in the sci- sci-fi genre. Um, Xbox 360 game from 2008, although there have been many, many, many other Dead Spaces since then, and all of them, I'm sure, are great. This is the one that I remember playing. Um, and the monsters were properly grotesque like they were really disgusting and the way that you would kill them was quite unusual you know and uh you know you're trying to unpack what happened there and and it's just everything you find out is just worse than the last you know like there's not a good news story out in dead space um but it was pretty good i probably played maybe about 70 percent of the game i think i reached somewhere that i just couldn't get past or found very difficult to get past maybe i was underpowered in some way um but I, i don't think i finished the whole thing but i played a significant portion of it i mean i really liked it i didn't really find it 
terrifying necessarily. I mean, it would make me like breathe, whatever. I mean, but it was a tolerable level. I don't, I don't think that it was too terrible. Um, although I wouldn't play it at night. Uh, I, I played it in the daytime with the lights on just to be sure. Um, I love dead space as most people who like survival horror will automatically have it on their list. I know you did before uh, we combined our list. Yeah. Um, now the next one on your list is Death Stranding, and that's the PS4 game from 2019. Is that the one that's got um, the guy from Walking Dead in? Yeah, Norman Reedus, yeah. Right, the baby. He's got babies. <laughs> yes, right. Um, I know a lot of people might be a bit Death Stranding, what? But it is a survival game, and it is a horror game. And so I do feel it fits on this list because survival horror has like moved and changed and adapted and evolved as, you know, from Resident Evil onwards, really, just like Resident Evil itself has. You are like playing Norman Reedus, who plays um, Sam Porter Bridges, Mm. and he's been tasked by the president in this post-apocalyptic, awful world where everything, the next like huge great extinction has come upon humanity and the world has been rent and moved and changed and part of like the other world is now joined with our own. And only people with dooms can kind of see these creatures because otherwise they're invisible. And it is truly, truly terrifying having to navigate only looking over and over and over. Maybe there's a slight movement there, so maybe there's a BT over there, which is what they call BT beach things. And they've got these weird, like, umbilical cords, and it's all really disturbing. And just having to move through areas where there's time for, and the rain hits you, and it eats away at everything and anything. So you've got to like protect all your skin from it. Otherwise it's just going to age you horribly with one drop. It's really so overwhelming, so much of it. And it's simply you. It is you outside in the world with maybe some ladders, a rope, climbing picks. And of course, as you go through the game, you're the things that can help you expand and get throughout the terrain will be more useful. But you are tasked with going connecting all these few places that are left all together. And they give you this sweet little darling, the little BB, who when you are linked with this little BB, the BB, because it's it's really sad actually, its mother died, but it was still alive. So it's kind of like connected to both the living and the dead at the same time. So the BB can see where all of the monsters are. So therefore you can see where the monsters are. And when you're used to having that BB there, and then suddenly the BB is no longer there, I was like, what am I supposed to do? I was walking through the snow thinking I was in a safe area. There's no time for I've mapped my terrain so carefully to avoid all the areas where there's possible movement. And then I literally get grabbed and pulled and I'm straight yanked into a boss battle. Like, it is awful. It is crazy. There is... 
I mean, it's a Hideo Kojima game. It's his first kind of like, well, first proper full horror game, but I suppose I'll talk about that in a bit. And I think he's done such a good job. It's evoked the real need for connection. How we need to be connected as humans and how connection is so incredibly important. And just like the connection that grows between Sam and the BB, like it's really special. It is so special. Like I would, I would, kill for this little dude you know i'm like no you will not hurt my bb you will not take my bb like he's my little guy and you know you start calling him his little name and everything and wait it's my little pt just absolutely adorable and it in everything it's missing and it's got these glorious landscapes that you have to try to traverse and some can be so freaking difficult and they really like translate the difficulty through the controller to you as well. Like you are pushing, like you're pushing so much harder on the controller to get up this snowy mountain to try and get through the snow. And this is really kind of clever, um, kind of online multiplayer, but not because you can be choose to connect to like everybody else playing. Yeah. And so you can see where all the other routes that everybody else has gone down. And so I'll follow their route. I don't know where I'm going. And that way, this has been a trodden path. And you can really help other people out. You can leave like supplies for them. You can build roads together with loads of other people. So you can you know get from one place to another a lot more easy. It is very unique and it's got some fantastic characters some crazy boss battles and some absolutely terrifying enemies <laughs> excellent well i just will always remember that daryl has a baby that's what i always remember from the posters but it did sound good if i had a playstation i definitely would have played it it looks sick um, the next one on my list is a classic Xbox 360 title from 2007, Bioshock, Would You Kindly. Now, the internet classifies this as survival horror. I'm not really sure. I think it's probably more an action-adventure or like an RPG, blah, blah. But I'm going to go with it because any excuse <laughs> to talk about Bioshock is the best day for me. And this game is iconic. I was totally caught off guard by the ending. To this day, it's one of the most memorable endings of a game. And it really didn't cause that much controversy, considering other games that caused big controversy. I don't even remember the endings of, like Mass Effect 3 and so on and so forth. I don't remember what we were all so mad about, but what I do remember is that Bioshock made me a murderer. (laughs) And I was not ready for it. Um... Totally an absolute killer game. A uh, really interesting mix of magic style attacks with traditional weaponry, which I really can't think of any real games that have done that before. Um, not that not that I can think of. Uh, interesting use of environment. Sometimes it really did feel quite eerie when the splicers like jumped down on you from places. Like that was fucking scary. And they scampered about. They were always scampering. Um, really, I mean, great game. I don't know what everyone has probably played it at this point because it's so iconic. But if you haven't, go play it right now. <laughs> I think it's probably costing almost nothing if you get it from game used, you know, so give it a shot. All right. Um, 
The next one on your list is Deadly Premonition, also for the 360, uh, but they did have a director's cut on the PS3 uh, released in 2013. I've not heard of this game. It doesn't ring any bells. Oh, yeah. It was not a AAA game. I think even when it was first released, it was like maximum priced at £30. So my friend bought it. And I was hooked. I love Twin Peaks, so automatically I love Deadly Premonition. It is campy. It is weird. It is just downright bizarre. I was like, what's that, Zach? Yeah, Deadly Premonition is the best game ever. Like, your main character is constantly talking to like his imaginary friend. He's supposed to be this amazing FBI agent. He decides that he goes to like he'll look at a coffee cup and like oh we should go there. Like the coffee literally tells him a fortune. Like this stuff's absolutely balmy. It's wonderful. There is absolutely so many send ups from Twin Peaks in it and I adore Twin Peaks. Like instead of the log lady, there's a pot lady. Oh the pot's getting cold. It's just absolutely crazy. There's this mm, Ah, like this one character just decides that he just only speaks in rhyme. The characters are big, they're crazy. The um, environment, you've kind of got like a really, really well thought out and really well done 24-hour schedule of everybody that lives in this village. Like just to test it, I kind of sat out there and I stalked this one person to see everywhere that they went. And this person every day did their same kind of like set routine. Everybody in the village does. And it's really interesting. You can find new like little mini challenges and things by doing that as well. And you've also got like the survival horror aspect of it too, because there's this awful kind of red mist. I think it takes a lot from kind of things like Silent Hill where there's a sudden other world and that normal world goes and again transforms into this awful grotesque world that's very scary and these awful creepy creatures these like people looking things and they kind of limbo over backwards yeah no and like don't want to die and speak really creepily and then when that thing bent over backwards and stared at me with its eyes i was like no i mean it is janky quite frankly it looks like it belonged on a ps2 it is rough at times and um the original 360 there were a lot of like issues with controlling it which i think they fixed quite a lot of that in the the new one the director's cut for ps4 but oh my goodness it is a bizarre crazy game and i love it i and it is such a polarizing game so yeah. many people absolutely like if you love films that are so bad they're good then, then you'll that's probably the game like for premonition. but if, if you, you like the room you'll love deadly premonition <laughs> <laughs> well actually yeah to be fair but at the same time like so many people can't stand it and say what yeah. is this it's terrible but the fact that it looks so bad, kind of, I, I forgot about it. As soon as I got absorbed into that plot, that was it for me. 
And they've got crazy weird mini games when you go fishing to try and like reel something in. Suddenly it's like you're playing slots and like ding 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 across the bottom of the screen. It's just what is this? I love it. This is mad. Absolutely wonderful. That's great. Um, well, uh, the last one on my list, you sort of triggered a memory for me talking about the mundane becoming creepy and grotesque. And that is the indie darling for the Xbox One from 2018, We Happy Few. Um, it's such an iconic game. Uh, drugs are bad. It's probably the overall message, but it's so... Um, charming. Its story is so unusual that I've actually woven the game into my D&D campaign, although the players don't know that. But they generally don't watch the show, so I don't think they're going to figure it out in time for Saturday. <laughs> um, and uh, I just think that it's so compelling, the idea that this population is just trying to forget a horrible evil that they did, and so they just take these joy pills just to suppress these terrible memories. Um, and if you don't take the joy pills, you see the world as it actually is, this sort of really gross Manchester in the 1800s, dirty, dank, like disgusting, disease-ridden place, and everybody looks haggard and awful. But if you take the pills, everything's happy and colorful, and there's rainbows. Like, it is such a disturbing game to play from a visual perspective. Now, there are some bugs, and there are some ways that you can break the map. And I did break the map, and I fell through the floor, and that's when I stopped playing. But I did put, I did play through, I think, um, all of the first campaign and uh, about half of the second character's campaign. I think there are three characters that you can go through and experience the story as. Um, but yeah, it's pretty sick game, very memorable and cheap as chips. So if you want a good quick game to play, it's not even that long. So uh, I recommend it. Um, the last full game on your list is Zombie for the PS4 2015 edition. Now, this was Zombie U on the Wii U that came out in 2012, and I remember seeing this on the Wii U. I didn't get to play it, but tell us about Zombie. Well, again, it's set in like a big post-apocalyptic London. The environments and locations are actually really authentic looking. I was very surprised. I'm normally a right nitpicker, and I couldn't. And you kind of just, you wake up in a, like, prepper's shelter. And you never see this prepper. He just kind of, like, talks to you through the intercom. And you can stay there, and he'll look after you and help you out. But you got to go do a few things for me. And you end up being put into really, really dangerous environments because of it. Like, the cricket bat is your friend. Like so much, the cricket bat is your friend. The zombies are really there's lots of different types as well, and sometimes like you want to just kind of like shoot them from a distance because mm. they're really, really dangerous. But other times, a good satisfying bonk on the head with the cricket <laughs> bat. I'm not a big fan of melee weapons in zombie games. I really think that they're underrated, but they're never gonna draw additional uh zombies to where you are and as long as you get something with a decently long range like a katana or a cricket bat or even a baseball bat still decent range i mean i probably wouldn't pick a knife that's pretty close <laughs> but pretty much anything other bladed weapon i mean give me a broadsword i'll go for it you know i think it's i think it's great 
Yeah, it's what was really unique as well uh, about Zombie is that if you die, that's it. Your character's dead, and everything you were carrying. So you could have like a really fantastic loadout. You could have all like really cool items, a sniper rifle, loads of health stuff. And if you die, like you're now a new character, and you can try and go and track down your old character and get that pack off them with all that cool stuff in it. But that was a really dangerous situation. And unless yeah. you have gone and prepared and gone and stowed loads of stuff away just in case of the eventuality that you die, like you've got like next to nothing. So I found that it was really unique with the whole like that's it, you're dead, you've lost your character. Yeah. I now like you're on the dead. Yeah, it's really, really clever and it really does bring a sense of oh, this is serious. Like, you respect your enemy. And the more you respect your enemy, the more that's where, like, the horror lives, you know? Like, whoa, I, I, like, I've got to be careful with how I approach this because that's it. It's really smart. And, again, they're just normal people, everyday folks like you and I, you know, just trying to do their best to survive. Yeah. We don't have any, you know, like, army huge trained guys here it's, it's just normal people as well so it's really clever uh, it's um got a few problems but really it's underrated and lots of fun listen it looks cute i i mean well scary but cute um i remember seeing people play it when it was on the wii u and it was one of the more serious games for the wii um because the wii was sort of plagued by jokey sports titles really that was that was what it was about i mean it was great but um yeah lots of jokey sports titles so last one on your list isn't an actual game it's a playable trailer for the now uh, playable teaser demo for the now canceled silent hills which is silent hill 2 is that more like silent hill like seven or something I, i've lost count seven. oh wow okay wow yeah, there's a lot uh it's so good uh this is hideo kojima's kind of first who, who does metal gear solid so you wouldn't think horror with him but wow it hits hard just watching a video of it freaks me out and i remember playing it on the playstation when it was released mm-hmm. and it was terrifying absolutely terrifying the you just basically trapped within this household you wake up in this basement and climb up out the basement and then you're just kind of going round and round in the same kind of ground floor area of this large house and then weird things will play and there's freaking the radio will start going and start telling you about how Oh, the man suddenly went and killed his pregnant wife. And it's like the bathroom door opens and there's like a fetus, like a weird fetus thing crying in the sink. And the mother, the the mother ghost, um, Lisa, her name is, and she'll turn up and she will kill you. Like she will kill you. And she is terrifying and it's really smart as well the way that the music cues all kind of get woven into the environment there's really non-overt puzzles that you have to solve 
like some of it is just like you, you look at a picture and it says like gouge it out and it's got like an x on it and then you realize oh that's like a blue x press the x button and like as if you've gone and poked the eye out of the picture and it's just like really smart puzzles that they don't tell you what they are they don't lay anything out it's up to you to try and inquire and to search and to figure it out and try not to die it's i mean really- that's the key to any survival horror <laughs> game try not to yeah. die but it is it's so the atmosphere is terrifying and they've even gone and used like the the mic so you need to have like the mic plugged in to actually get to the end of the game wow because in certain times you need to be kind of speaking into it it's really a Uh, lot than it ever could or should be and a lot of the concepts in it have already been used and kind of homaged in things like the the latest resident evil release so it's really really good and it is an absolute tragedy that it got taken down from the PlayStation Store when Silent Hills got cancelled. And um, mm. we don't know. There's rumours that there's going to be Silent Hills anyway, but obviously not a Hideo Kojima, you know, fronted one. That's but such a shame, it, though, because he's so iconic. That it would have been nice to see his full vision of, of what it is. Well, listen, you've made a hell of a list here, I've got to say. Um, as a final closing thought, if someone was brand new to the horror survival horror genre, out of the games that we spoke about today, where do you think the softest entry point is? If they are generally a bit scared like me, I wouldn't recommend Alien Isolation, for example. I think that's a little too scary. Um, out of your list, where do you think the softest entry point is? Probably Resident Evil 4, because Leon is an absolute badass, and it it can really help you to be introduced to the world, and yet you've got your action elements in there. It's really dynamic. It's lots of fun, fast-paced. Yeah, I'd go Resident Evil 4. I think that's a great pick. I think for me, I would probably say Left for Dead because you have strength in numbers. So you can play with somebody who's better than you, somebody that you know, maybe even someone right next to you. So you're slightly less scared. And um, it's sort of more about the cooperative and, you know, the the scariness of the zombies generally takes a little bit of a backseat. Um, not all the time, but generally speaking, to just the fun, frantic multiplayer elements of the game. So I would say out of the ones I picked, that's probably the softest entry point Um, because you can play with someone else and you're never alone. (laughs) Excellent stuff. Well, this has been absolutely a totally killer episode, and I'm sure that the fans are going to enjoy reminiscing about some of the games that we've drug up from the past. Um, And that'll wrap up this episode of the Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Holly for this week's discussion, which I said is absolutely killer. Um, all the notes from this episode, including our curated lists, are going to be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. So if you want to add to the discussion or reach out with questions or just sound off in the comments, um, you can also email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com if you have any questions or comments. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and head over to wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released and rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time, we will see you later. Bye.